Blog Talk Radio. Chishni Amande Rasun, Allahi Allah. Bibi Amina Kepun, Allahi Allah. Allahi Allah, Bolo Allahi Allah. Bibi Amina Kepun, Allahi Allah. Jabke Sarkar Tashrif Lane Lage. Huro Hilma bi Hushia Manane Lage. Hataraf Nureki Roshni Chage. Mustafa Kamilis in the Gimilge. Ehalima Teri God me age. Dono Alam Kerasu. We're already dead. We're already beaten down. We've been beaten down for 400 years. We already got the wounds inside and outside our bodies. How you gonna hurt us? You cannot threaten us. You cannot frighten us. We live in the most frightening places under the most frightening conditions. We are immune to fear. We are immune to harm. You see what I'm saying? You have stepped into a cesspool. You're the only one gonna get infected. Now, I'm no Muslim, but I agree with some of the things they say regarding black people. And if Allah helps to make him a better man than Jesus can, then I'm all for it. So it's time for you, brother. Whatever changes you have to make, you just do it. Being a black man in America isn't easy. Hello, everyone. I'm watching Mr. Allah. He will be the doctor. I'm your host, Faithful Hawk. And you're listening to the Dean of the Dean Show. The number one Islamic radio show in America. Alhamdulillah. Before we begin, like always, we want to praise the Lord Supreme Lord and send salawat upon His Nabi, the Prophet Muhammad ibn Abdullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And alhamdulillah, nasiinahu wa nasiruhu, wa naudu billahi min shuroori nusra, wa min sharri'an limalna, min yadihillahu falamu falala, wa min yuqlasilla hadiila, wa sharrola ilaha illallah wa sharrola sharrola, wa sharrola ibn Muhammad ibn Abdullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. I'm back. Before I begin, I'd like to say all praise belong to the law. We seek his aid, we seek his guidance, we seek his help. We seek refuge in the law from Satan and his minions. And we seek refuge in the law from the footprints of Satan that will lead us to hell from now. And we ask the law to turn over to Allah to forgive us for our sins, our thoughts, and our errors. And whoever Allah guides and can lead us And whoever Allah leads us straight now can guide. And I bear witness without any hesitation or any supposing there is no God but Allah. And I will witness of the Prophet Muhammad ibn Abdullah, and I'm back. Tonight's topic is called, Do You Want to Be a Boss or Do You Want to Be a Worker? And we will touch on some other few things tonight as well, because a few issues came up in the community that we want to deal with 
is causing a lot of sickness and a lot of commotion in the Muslim community in Philadelphia and abroad. But tonight's topic is called, Do You Want to Be a Boss or Do You Want to Be a Worker? And I decided to name this particular topic because I, I think I want to get some to here for all the Muslims in the city and all the Muslims in America about the importance of uh, becoming our own bosses, the importance of becoming entrepreneurs and owning our own business and not working for other people. There was a time when black people and white people were separate, you know, before the civil rights era. People wanted to be part of the white America. They wanted to integrate with white people. But before this time, black people, we had our own businesses. We had our own baseball teams. We had our own supermarkets. We had our own everything. We owned everything. You know, there's a uh, particular um, people in around the 1920s, like 1925, there was a group of black people who owned everything, and it was called Black Wall Street. They had airports. They had supermarkets. They had everything. Until, you know, white people became jealous and they basically attacked them, bombed them, and burned everything down to the ground. If you want more information on that, then you can go to Google and look up and see the documentary on Black Wall Street. But I want to talk about African-American Muslims and Muslims, period, owning our own business. And I want to talk about African-American Muslims owning our own business because every other type of Muslim have businesses that they own that they don't give us a piece of. You know, you have the, uh, the, the Pakistanis with the brown chicken, the Lincoln chicken, the Kennedy chicken, and they don't hire African-Americans to run their stores or even work in their stores. I know because I personally talked to the owner asking for a job many times and never got hired. But, yeah, he hired uh Pakistanis that were Christian chains, that were Christians instead of Muslims. MashaAllah. <clears throat> you have Puerto Ricans that have poppy stores all over America, right? And they take care of their own. And I remember talking to one of the Spanish, and they were saying that they have this real, and when one of their Spanish people opened up a store, this store in New York, they have all of this merchandise. Flood their store and fill it up to the top. Fill it up to the top where everything that your copy stores have, pozies and cheesesteaks and everything they have. And then when they make the money back, just give them the money back as soon as they make it. And when they make the money back, you give them the money back, they keep the store. So now they have their own business. If you look around America, every ethnicity has and work with their own except African Americans. In African-American community, they don't own anything. We don't own nothing. We just start owning soul food restaurants. But when you talk about the uh, hokey stores, when you talk about the stores that we eat at, we don't own any. every other store except our own. We don't own anything. Because our mind frame is that we don't want to even get into business to own anything. We, don't, we want to work for people. So this is what the show tonight is about. <clears throat> for all the sisters that make overgarments, for all the sisters that have daycare centers, for all the brothers that, you know, cut hair, whatever it is that you're doing, you have to think big. And if you don't think big, you have to ask yourself, why not? Why not can I be the next Sam Walton that I own Walmart? Why not? Why, why do we think small? Because we have this stage mentality that 
a little was enough. It's sufficient for people to have a little and live comfortably with that. When you're not thinking about your future generation, you're not thinking about 10 generations deep. We want to be people that when we leave and die, we leave wealth behind. When I say wealth, I mean that our kids and our grandkids don't have to starve. They don't have to work to people. They can go to college and figure out what they want to do, and they all and they will already have startup money from the beginning. They will already have, like, money to open up whatever business that they want, they want to run. And then when that business grows, now you have, uh, you have already a business that I left behind, and they will have a business, so the next generation is not going to be worried about any of that. Well, we don't have none of that. When we die, we leave the insurance money. That's it. That's all we leave behind. Nothing else. Nothing more. Kids are struggling. This is part of the reason why um, our children are out there selling drugs and robbing people. But I tell the drug dealers, because the drug dealers, even though what they're doing is haram, even though what drug dealers are doing is haram, they have some of the most brightest minds on this earth. Why do I say that? Because a drug dealer can be a poor baby living in the ghetto. Yet he uses his mind to have a, a, a organization where he have $500 million, making more than a Fortune 500 company. People like Big Meat, people like Frank Lucas, these people were multi-millionaires. These people were in the small market. The people, the, the drug dealers in the neighborhood, they, they can, they can, two years ago they broke. Next year they have a business, they have a house, they have all of this money. So they have the drive to own their own business, and they have the patience. Because when the drug dealer first cut off, right, I seen it with my own eyes. I seen this. I never sold drugs, but I seen how a person can come up from being broke to a person that's rich. They will buy some drugs to sell, right? Now, this is a great example, but I'm explaining to you why these people are using their minds for evil when they can be using it for good. They take cocaine costs about $150 for like an eight ball. Eight balls, you can only can make maybe $350 off this, $150. You can make $350 off the flip. So they would keep doing this. They won't buy no clothes. They won't buy no shoes. They won't buy no accessories, none of that. They will wear the same clothes for a month straight until they come up with about $5,000. Then they get $5,000 and take their money and buy even more drugs. And then when that flip comes, when that flip comes, then they can buy something more. And so they have kilos. Now they have hundreds of thousands to work with. Now they are kingpins of the block. So the person has that much drive and that much patience because that's what it takes. Because the only difference between a drug, a, a, a drug dealer that's a kingpin and a drug dealer who's a worker is the worker blowing his money off his shoes. He buys phones. He buys stupid things that's not going to mean anything. And now he got to get more packages to sell more drugs to pay his phone bills to buy more drugs. Stupid. So I'm saying we need to take that mentality and put in American society. One example, right? You have um, Chinese, right? Not Chinese. You have Mexicans, right? Mexicans will live like 20 deep in the house, right? All of these Mexicans will have jobs. They will have like little little, little jobs working at IHOP or Hula Hands or whatever. Whatever they got a little job, right? 
So all of these Mexicans, these 20 Mexicans in this one house, will take all of their income tax every year and pay a house for one one of those families out of the 20 will move out of the house, right? So this one family will move out of the house. Now, this person owned their house because they took all of their income tax. Either they own the house or they put a down payment off. So now they own the house and they have the low mortgage because they put so much money down, right? Because the more money you put down, the lower your mortgage. So now this Mexicans, they, they own a house or they have a low mortgage. So when they work, their mortgage is low, so now they can afford it. So the Mexicans that are left in the house, the person that's next up, his family next up, they will save up their money, they, they, their income tax. Next year, they will buy him a house. The next year, they will buy him a house. So all of a sudden, all these Mexicans in his house have their own, their own home. Now they have more Mexicans coming from Mexico back in his house, and you got another 20, and this process will start all over again. Why? Because they're utilizing their resource and their wealth for each other. But African-Americans, they have this, this mentality, this crab in a bucket, that they don't want to see anybody successful. We don't want to support anybody that looks like us. This is not by coincidence or accident. This is something that's programmed into the hearts and the minds of our people. And we bring this attitude as Muslims, and we think small. We are small-minded people. If you assist and you make overgarments, you're not going to be a successful business if you're just making overgarments for, you know, uh, just because someone requested the order, you have to advertise. Literally, you have to advertise, and there's no reason why sisters should be. I'm not talking about going on Instagram and posting pictures of your work. I'm talking about really advertising and investing in your work. I'm talking about making a full-blown two-minute commercial, put it on YouTube, put it on because people that make commercials will have more success than posting pictures. Because maybe you can make a little funny commercial. For instance, I'll give you an example, because I got all types of ideas. Mashallah. Let's say um, I have a clothing line. My clothing line is named Wifey Material. Right? That's my clothing line. That's the name of my, material, my clothing line, right? So I have, a, I have two sisters walking down the street in my commercial. I have one sister walking down the street with an overgarment and a chemo on with a plain one, and then another sister with a wifey material um, overgarment and chemo on, right? So they're walking down the street, and you have two Muslim brothers sitting on the step. So the sisters walk past the Muslim brothers, and the Muslim brother says, Salaam alaykum, sister. So the sisters turn around. He says, no, I'm talking to the one with the wifey material. MashaAllah, do you have a lot kill, right? But plain overgarment on, she's like, extremely pretty. And the one with the bison material, she's not all that pretty, but she's cool. You see what I'm saying? So commercials like that, this, this thinking outside the box, there's maybe other commercials that are funny that will just advertise your brand. So you have people that will buy them overgarments and they think that it, it, it attracts brothers or whatever, however it may be. I'm saying you have to think outside the box. You can't just have small-mindedness. If you have a, if you own your own business, your store, whatever it is you do, then advertise it. Advertise your store. You know, have celebrities come to your store, take pictures, and put them up on the wall. Like you have to, you have to do uh, whatever it takes to make your business successful. And if you're not willing to do that, and you think it's more minded than your business will under within a year, you have to think outside the box. You really do. Even if you have to take your business and save some money up to spend five thousand dollars just to advertise on Power ninety nine the film, something like that, or put a billboard up. 
but you have to you have to work to be successful. You have to work, you have to put all of your resources in your business. You can't be half half hearted with it unless it's not gonna work. We got to stop thinking that we're gonna work for people and work for ourselves. Even if you save your income tax for three years straight. So that's the three years that you save let's say you get seven thousand dollars a year for income tax. And you save seven thousand a year and don't buy nothing but it. Unless you got kids and you know your baby mom is trying to hear that. But let's say for example, you buy your kids something you you got five thousand left instead of the the the, the, the seven thousand. So now you save five thousand a year, you have fifteen thousand dollars, right? With this fifteen thousand dollars you can own or you can buy a food truck, right? You can only buy a food truck and make it a halal food truck. Get in a good location, and now you're making $2,000 a week selling halal food, okay? Save up that 2000 a week. You, you save up another 20000 buy another truck and put them all over the city and then name your food truck. Name it. Give it a, a, a cute name. Like, uh, like you have the brother who called Abu the Juice Man. You have Halal um, Halal Blouse. Or you can, you know, call it Halal uh, whatever. So now you have a franchise. If you can make money, then you go to the next thing. But you have to have good food that other people don't have. Come out with a sauce. You have to be creative if you want to be successful in this doing it. If you are have good, if you have good intentions and you make the to a law in the month of Ramadan and on the last 10 nights of Ramadan, you stay in the mash it. To try to catch the night of power, and every night you're making the same deal. I will uh, make my business the most successful business in America. And the law asks you to do out, boom, that's all you need. You need a law to put the behind you. But you have to be thinking. You have to be strong. You have to be dedicated. You have to have drive. We can't be people that's content with getting up, busting up behind nine to five at any given time. The boss can fire us. The work can go, the, the, our job can go under. Any given time, we have to learn to bite our tongues because people in our job piss us off. It's like we have to get out of that. We have to start owning things and becoming bosses instead of workers. This is what we have to do. We have to become bosses instead of workers. And if you can tip for being a worker, then this show is not for you. Mashallah. And, 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 and it's more power to you. That's what you want to do. You want to work for the rest of your life. Fine. Alhamdulillah, you have to, if you want to wait till you're 65 to get your Social Security, so now you can take a, a, a vacation when you're 65 when you really can't move, you can't enjoy yourself, you can't even eat food, your teeth falling out, you got fake teeth, that, that's, that's what you want to do fine. But me, I have bigger goals, bigger desires, bigger dreams. This is one of the reasons why I came up with the Dean Over Dunya movie, because I seen it as an avenue that can make money because I can target target the Muslim community. And when I target the Muslim community, the non-Muslims is going to watch this by share that it's going to be a good movie, inshallah. Simple as that. Now, it's going to take some time for me to be successful, and I'm willing to be patient, I'm willing to wait, and that's fine. But I have no doubt that I think it's going to be successful. I have no doubt because I have other movies that I think is going to be successful because nobody's making Islamic movies for us and by us. We don't have that. We don't have no Islamic Netflix where you have all Islamic movies. You don't have that. If you don't think like that, it'll never come. That's just the reality, too. And if the Muslims don't support me, mashallah, I'll make dua to Allah. I make dua to Allah, and I'm going to be supported from whoever, wherever. 
Allah subhanahu he does what he pleases. This is the reality. You would think Muslims would want to support an Islamic movie. You would think that. But mashallah, at the end of the day, we have to be people that's willing to bring our resources together and invest in something. Even when we invest in buying each other houses, things like that. See, but people, they, they're not thinking on that level. Because at the end of the day, those Mexicans that we criticize, that they can't speak English and this and that, they, they own their own houses. Own them. They pay low mortgages because they, they work together. If we work together and utilize our money, we can be unstoppable. I'm being totally honest. Like, for example, if, if there are 300,000 Muslims in Philadelphia, and every Muslim in Philadelphia put up a dollar a week for uh, 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 um, a homeless, just for Muslim sisters and Muslim brothers, for Muslim brothers who lost their jobs, put up 300000 every week, right? If we put up 300000 every week for 52 weeks, we will have, let me, let me, let me, let me calculate this because I'm not the greatest master fisher, right? We put 300 times 52. We will have at least $7.5 million every year. This $7.5 million every year will go to brothers that lose their jobs. It will go to sisters that live in shelters. And that's a lot of money. We can build the shelter for all Muslim sisters that are not married with kids to the welfare system. But we're not thinking. That's just if we put up $1 a week, Imagine if we put up $10 a week. Imagine if we put up $10 a week. But we're not thinking on that level. We're not thinking on that level. That's $75 million we can have every year from the Muslim community. But, you know, we're not, we're not, we're not thinking on that level, though. Because if we put up $1 and you get $7.5 million a year, if you put up 10 that's 10 times 7 that's $70 million a year we would have for the Muslim community if we put up $10 a week. And we all collected just from Philadelphia. I'm not even talking about if American Muslims did this, but if you go to the Muslims in America, the leaders, and suggest this, they're going to laugh at you. Why? Because they don't think big. They don't think long term. First of all, they're going to say, well, who's going to trust the money? Because they, they don't even trust one another to even be the treasurer. It's unbelievable. We we have too much too many Muslims to not be successful in this country. Too many Muslims. And then when Muslims know what they do when they when they do buy um build um uh, uh, homes and apartment buildings, the Muslims rent them out to Muslims and Kufars, whoever got the money. They don't care the fact that you're Muslims. Imagine if they rent out and they built a um um an apartment complex and say we only rent to Muslims and their entire apartment complex is Muslim. So you have a mass shit inside the apartment complex. So every, I mean, week, we can go to Juma inside the apartment complex. But we don't think like that. Because the Muslims build apartment complex, which they, we have, they have done, they're going to rent them out to whoever got the money. They don't care. They're not doing it for a law. They're doing it for the money. If we need people that's going to do things for a law, that's going to be successful because they want to help the Muslim community. They want to be successful in our community. And that's the only way we're going to grow. 
other than that, then we can't compete with Kufars and 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 equity and 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 money because we don't have the resources. We will only have the resources if we can find our resources and work with each other. That's it. Other than that, then we we're going to be. Uh, you have you may have individual Muslims that are successful, but as a majority, as a whole, eighty percent of us is struggling. There's only 20% of the Muslims in America and Philadelphia, 20% of the Muslims in Philadelphia are making maybe $100,000 a year or even more, 20%. And 80% is making uh, between 10 to $20 an hour, living from paycheck to paycheck. You see what I'm saying? So this is our reality. This is who we are. So we have to think businesses, owning our own corporations. I don't care if we put our money together and open up restaurants and and hire all Muslims in a restaurant. I mean, hire a lot of restaurants and hire only all Muslims. Even if we did that, we can be successful. Because we would start giving Muslim brothers and sisters jobs. You see what I'm saying? Jobs. And then we spend our money only on each other. You know, only support Muslim business and only support Muslim restaurants with our money. So our money can flow in the community and we can be uh, successful in this dunya as well as the hereafter. But until we think like this, until we think being a boss instead of a worker, then we're going to be miserable, people who, you know, always frustrated, stressed out. This is how we're going to think. What I'm saying is just rhetoric. Until we have the desire and the commitment to come together, even if you're not going to come together, at least try to get your own business done. I mean, try to do your own thing. Try to become a boss. Try to become an entrepreneur. But we laugh at people that try to do these things. I mean, we laugh at people that say instincts and prayer. You know, we laugh at them. I mean, I'm saying have a full-time job and sell instincts and sell turtles and sell waters. People laugh at me. Because in the summertime, I sell waters, frozen waters, right? But you can laugh, but I make $200 a day for the waters. So that's a lot of money. That's $1,000 a week to sell waters, frozen waters. So that's whatever, laugh. But at the end of the day, you're making $200 a day. And I'm working. This is how we got to think. This is how we got to be. MashaAllah. Anyone have any questions, any comments, put the number on your phone, and we'll come to you, inshallah. Um, if you have any suggestions, because we're not above suggestions. We, we're here to work together, inshallah. You know, I don't want to be the one just giving lectures every day. I want to dialogue. You know, two years is better than one. Three years is better than two. Four years is better than three. You know? And, um, before I go continue with that, I want to bring up an issue that um, when it comes to fasting, you know, uh, a Muslim sister had posted a video, a live video, talking about Ramadan and fasting, and she told the people that they can, you can eat food until sunrise, basically until the sun comes up. 
right? But she says that you don't have to stop when the Adon go off. According to Islamic faith, according to the tradition of Islam, it has always been the tradition of Islam for the last 1,400 years, that when you hear the Adon talk go off and fudge and you can't eat no more, and if you eat past that, you have broken your fast. Because we follow the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah, so that's something. Simple as that. We follow the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah. So she tried to explain something to her and reject the hadith, but the reality to it is that she's not a scholar. She's not a scholar of her and. She don't have the permission from scholars to give fatwas from her and. This is the reality to it. Brothers and sisters, I'm going to be totally honest with you. The reason why a lot of Muslims are straight in America and a lot of Muslims are going through the hellfire because of audacity. Look up that word tonight, audacity. First of all, this is the only way of life that a person can take their shahada and don't know Arabic, learn a little bit of Arabic and start giving out fatwas based on their own understanding of the Quran. Now let me ask you a question, right? If I went to the library on the Avenue and I bought a, a, a book on medicine and I studied this book for five years, I've memorized this entire book. This book is thick as a phone book. I know I know all the diseases and the terminology of form the brain surgery, heart surgery, everything, prescribing medicine, all of that, right? I open up my own hospital, my own medical center, and I start diagnosing people and performing surgery on people. Don't you think something is going to go wrong? Why? Because in order for a person to become a doctor, they can graduate med school, right? They can go to doctor school for eight years, ten years, graduate the highest of their class. They still have to study under a doctor and become an intern and learn what that doctor learned. That doctor has to give them permission and okay to become a, a licensed practice doctor because you have to be supervised by it because you're dealing with people's lives. You're not dealing with a, car, a person's car engine, you're dealing with people's lives, right? So if a doctor that graduated the top of his class still got to study and become an intern under a doctor, right, and perform his residency under a doctor, under his supervision until he gives him the permission to, 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 to become a, a practicing doctor, that's just your body. Imagine your soul. I have the audacity to open up the Quran and tell you that don't listen to that hadith. Follow this Quran, and I'm telling you this because I, I, I know the Quran. I haven't studied anywhere. I don't have permission from any scholars to do this. Quran and hadith go hand in hand. Anytime someone tells you, don't listen to the hadith and only follow the Quran, know that that person is astray. And I don't even call people astray, but notice for a fact that person is astray. Simple as that. Because the message of Allah, so that some of he taught people. Verbally, and those people verbally memorized the hadith that he taught them because the messenger of Allah was a walking Quran. He lived the Quran, and the Quran that he lived is the hadith. The hadith is the explanation of the Quran. Simple as that. That's why Allah subhanahu doesn't explain everything in the Quran because some things you have to go to the Sunnah for. Allah doesn't tell you how to make salat in the Quran. He just tell you to make salat. He don't tell you how the motions. He don't tell you how to make salat. He don't even tell you the times to make salat. He just say in the morning, in the afternoon, in the late afternoon, and in, in, in the night. But the message will give you particular times of when to pray, how to pray, what to say in prayer. The message will also let some give you all of that. 
So if a person is a hadith, then they're going to make a lot of mistakes. So a lot of people is up in arms over the sister giving this uh, heinous fatwa about you can uh, fast until the sunrise, and if you do that, you listen to her, you're going to break your fast. And if you listen to her, it's only you because the law says if you don't know, ask those who do know. You cannot just listen to every time dick and hate that one of these open up a book and start giving talk. It's as simple as that. When I give a talk about Islam, I give talks about what the scholars say. I don't tell them my own opinion why I think you should do this. Now, I'm telling you what the scholars say, I regurgitate it. Simple as that. I regurgitate what the scholars say because I listen to them. I have scholars call the show, call the show. If I say something that's wrong, they're definitely going to correct me, but I'm not going to say what's wrong because I'm sticking with what they say because there's safety in that. This is the reality, too. We have to understand that. This religion is very serious. You can go to hell by opening up the book and start giving out fatwas without the permission of the scholar. The message of the law should have something to say anyone to open a book of the law and start giving his opinion without the permission of the scholar or ulama and look for his seat in the hellfire, even if you're correct. Because this is not an Nancy Drew novel. This is a revelation sent by the Lord of the world. If you don't have the permission to start giving followers, you can have the permission to read it, but when you start governing people's lives without the proper etiquette and the proper protocol, you're going to hellfire because you, 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 you're sick and invisible. Because if you're wrong, you're talking about people's souls. You're not talking about life and death. Life and death is just, that's just one thing. You're talking about hellfire and paradise. That's what we're discussing. For 1,400 years, it's always been understood by every scholar in the earth that when the Adon go off, you break fudges. You, you, break, you, you stop eating. When, the, when you hit the Adon and fudges in, you stop eating. Simple. You eat before fudges come in. That's why it's false or horse. Simple as that. But, you know, mashallah, people can do and follow what they want to follow and do what they want to do. But if you keep listening to people that goes against the consensus, that tell you something that you really never heard before, and you look it up and it's not true, then if you want to follow it, and the reality for people following it because people want to eat fast fudges. Muslims following that fatwa, and they follow that advice because they want to eat until the sun comes up, because they don't want to stop eating when fudges comes in because they they, they, they they want to eat. they sick Muslims. They want to keep eating. They want to have their coffee and donuts before the sun comes up, even though fudge has been passed. Mashallah. That's what they want to do. Only they're judging they're going to stand before law and, and they didn't even fast Ramadan because so they kept eating past fudge. Simple as that. If you don't care about your fast that, that, and you listen to somebody else on Facebook with no credentials, no scholars is backing them, then that's what you want to do fine. Come to you now. Come to you now. MashaAllah, if anyone don't have any questions, I want to close out, inshallah. Um, may Allah bless all of you with the highest level of success in this life as well as the hereafter. Allah, my mean, be a supporter of the Muslims and not the Catholic. But I would just like to talk a bit of time here. Bibi Amina Kepun, 
Mustafa, kya mile 